that to look for the good in things, if you're looking for the right stuff, you're going to find the right stuff. You know, that's, that's kind of that perspective of what you're searching for. You look for problems, you find problems. You look for good, you find good. Uh, just I, I just try My wife is way better at it. Like I feel like I sound like the positive guy, but she's the most positive human ever. Can you imagine marrying a guy that becomes a plumber, that becomes a golf pro, that puts on... He puts up tents for a living and now he's like, hey, honey, I'm going to make socks. It's like, nut job. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Along the Keel, a podcast dedicated to the brands that are being built outside. My name is Captain Zach. And in today's episode, I speak with Chris Hollingsworth, Mr. Wish I Was Fishing and the founder of Fish Socks USA. It was great being able to sit down with Chris and talk to him all about how the twists and turns in his life brought him to create Fish Socks and how he is now printing your catch on a pair of high-quality socks. But before he got started in socks, he was a pro surfer, plumber, pro golfer, owner of several paddleboard races and other events, and just a variety of other things that you wouldn't really think about. So it was really great being able to talk with Chris, learn all about the twists and turns in his life, and how it led him to create Fish Socks USA. Not only that, he's got a big family, big heart, and he's just a great guy overall. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Along the Keel. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a very long way. And I'll tell you, with every five-star review, I see the downloads jump five to tenfold. So it's very much appreciated, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Along the Keel. Everything's good. We're, we're, we're cruising. I mean, now it's just the time to figure out the first of the year. We're doing a name switch. I'm doing a transition to a web switch. Mm-hmm. We're doing Aloha socks are coming up. We got all kinds of things. Going, so. <laughs> I saw that. So and, what kind of, uh, what kind of did the, why was, why was there a name switch here? Cause first you were, this so, no, wish I was fishing and now you're fish yeah. socks. Yeah. So the whole deal, like I've always been, wish I was surfing was my first original kind of personality on Instagram when I was announcing events and doing a lot of surf contest stuff and paddle races. And then I switched over to wish I was fishing and made an entire new account. And we just started fishing every day and everyone understood who the socks were made by when we made the wish I was fishing socks. Mm -hmm. And now as it's grown, no one knows who wish I was fishing they don't know us. And that's the reality is just knowing that this has gone into salt water. It's kind of global and we're, we're reaching an audience that has not met us yet, my wife or myself. And so that's why we switched to just basic, Hey, what do you guys do? We make fish socks. It just tells the story also to pack it with the whole T box socks. So everything's SOX. So we make T box socks mm-hmm. in the past. I was actually a golf professional, so we can make golf socks. We can make disc golf socks. And then obviously with the fish socks, it's the brand name now where bigger companies are. We've been talking to quite a few people that they want socks manufactured and they like the idea that they're just made by a company called Fish Socks. Yeah. So business-wise, it made, it made a whole lot more sense for us. So Yeah, absolutely. Re, rebranding, rechanging websites, default websites. So mm-hmm. taking care of the past customers and new customers, it's all going to make sense. So yeah, that that whole situation is getting taken care of the first of this year. So that's that, it's been a fun change. Yeah, no, it's, it... Uh, I think it, it sounds, I mean, it, it def, I, in my opinion, I think it sounds great. Fish socks, you know, compared to wish I was fishing socks. I mean, I think they both sound yeah. great, but fish socks is like short, sweet to the point, you know what you're getting and you know what's on them. Right. Sure. Um, right. Yeah. My, we wanted to be a company that doesn't dabble in socks. We want to mm-hmm. be socks specific that may make something else. So yeah, I wish I was fishing was like, Oh, I wish I was out fishing and I, 
I can do some guiding on the side and different things. And it kind of it became this business that was the idea was just too big and too grand and, and people like simple things. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, it's just, it's just, it's just fish socks. You can't mess that up. Right. So <laughs> right. right. It's, just like, it's, it's pretty obvious what's going on. So that's, that's why we try to do it that way. Absolutely. And now you mentioned, you know, we had spoken earlier before on, you know, about where your kind of your origin was just, just as you as a person. And you had, you had mentioned that you were a announcer, uh, you know, in surfing competitions. And then also you just mentioned that, which I didn't know is, you know, you were in the professional golf, you know, circuit as well. So you seem to have had a very interesting start to where you are now. Can you kind of touch upon like how that all came to be? Yeah, I don't know how far back you want to go, but uh, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it quick to high school. I met a high school sweetheart when I was a skateboard punk sponsored snowboarder. We actually started a family and continued on the crazy things. We we owned a plumbing company for a while, and then I became a golf professional. Was teaching golf. I started working with a gentleman that owned an event company, and so mm-hmm. we were producing triathlons and running races. And I became his co-race director. And then I got into the paddleboard world and was paddling heavily. Um, my wife and I both work with Puake Outriggers. We're ambassadors with them. So stand-up paddleboards, mm-hmm. outriggers, just kind of everything. We're just really outdoor people. I just like to be outside with the family. And and in that mix of all the businesses, we've had six children. And so we, we own family. events. We actually own a Sacramento. Yeah, a huge family <laughs> and, and a lot of extended workers. And so... When we get together, we're kind of that big hippie vibe where we all hang out. And, and it's funny because we put up tents for a living. So yeah. I own a bunch of tents. And so we, we connected with Surf Tech years and years ago. And a good friend now, Duke, was there. And so we did like the Santa Cruz Paddle Fest. And we do the Tahoe Nalu every year. And hopefully some of these events can come back because they're like true heritage events. Mm-hmm. It's like the longest running flat water inland paddleboard race in the world is the Tahoe Nalu. So been up there for over 10 years and announcing all these things and that's it's kind of like this strange connection with the fishing world and the paddling world and the surfing world mm-hmm. you know where everybody's a water person and, and that's really what we're all about is being together as a family and then you know i've always just worn socks and the sock thing <laughs> came up with the need with covid right and so we just it's just like this big happy messy circle of, of things that have brought us there but yeah I've, I've, it's interesting because people ask and with the background of golf golf was service oriented and putting on events and then the surf world and paddle world, it was all just getting together with people and having a good time and, and doing things that, that brought us together. So that's, that's kind of the fun side is having a business now that people have interests and being able to share those interests. It's fun to look down at a person's leg and see that they, they have, you know, whether it's palm trees or a disc golf or whatever it may be, you know, you can tell a story just by seeing what a person's wearing on their socks. So it's been, it's been a whole lot of fun. Right. By wearing whatever sock you're wearing, you have that small connector as to who you are as a person. And then you can connect with someone else just based on what they're wearing is, I think, really, really cool and really good point. Now, it seems to me that you've had like this trend of being in the outdoors, whether it be paddling, surfing, golfing. What do you think kind of drew you to growing up in the outdoors? Was this a theme that you were you know, brought up growing up and and just always out hunting, fishing, playing? And that's how it started or... Yeah, I, it's weird. I don't. I, I try to pinpoint it, and it's like the fishing connection. I left. Um, I went with my father at eighth grade graduation. I took off to go to Oregon with him. My parents were divorced, and I actually bought a fly fishing rod, like at Kmart, one of the kits and a book, and I taught myself to fly fish on the edge of the Deschutes River in Oregon alone. So, 
And my dad was outdoorsy and we did stuff, but it's like, I wasn't raised like this outdoor person. I, I started to skateboard and he was always like, Oh, you got to get a real job and do it. You know, do like a man's sport. And that's kind of like the, the golf thing. I always could golf. So right. it wasn't that I was raised in this house that we were always doing stuff outside together. It just happened that I, as I got older, I just loved to be outside. I, like even now I can't sit around for very long. And so like my office is a mess and we're doing a thousand different things. And so it, it just, it's, I'll tell you what's honestly happened is over the years is being together as a family. My wife is sporty as I am and everything. And mm-hmm. so I'm six, five, she's five, four. And we, it's not that <laughs> she, we compete against each other, but he actually competes with me and everything. It was of course. funny. Uh, I could share a little side thing. There was a, I forget what, it may have been like a Hallmark movie, but the lady said something like, it's not that I mind losing, I'm, I hate losing to you. And my <laughs> wife looked over at me and she said, I know exactly how she feels. So it's just yeah. this thing that when, when I would do a sport, I taught her how to snowboard in high school. So she mm-hmm. was a skier and we snowboarded together in high school. We were dating. And that was just like the, the, the experience that I just decided then that we're best friends, whatever I do, she's doing and. You know, we had motorcycles for a while and she had the full pink motorcycle. We shoot archery. She's got the pink bow and whatever I'm outside doing. My wife's always been right there with me. And now we, we professionally fish off kayaks together side by side. And so it's, it's just been the family thing that if I'm going, my wife's going. Mm-hmm. And if my wife's going, we've got kids on our back and we're hiking in to go rock climbing together. And it's just, it's just been one of those things that's never stopped. So that's there's no real explanation. It's just, it's worked for us. And, and we really honestly think families, you know, it's like the most important deal. Like we're, we're here together and then it turns into our kids and, and their mm-hmm. kids, friends. And, and we, we're all a big, happy family. And that's, I think the events we get together and, and people sense that and, and see it and feel it. And that's kind of what we all, and that's why it's like this wish I was fishing thing. It was a weird little movement that mm-hmm. we all wish we were doing something else. We got real life. We got, we have to deal with real life, but man, it's, it's good to have, something that's a passion that brings us outside that brings us together so absolutely um, and and it, and it seems as though that you incorporating your family just makes it that much that much more easy you know it's like well you guys are already out doing it so why wouldn't you bring the kids along and and how has that kind of incorporated into what was once doing the event planning were you guys always you know going as a group to all these running races and all these you know surfing events and so my, so my son, that's he's now 30, he was the one doing the website management behind the business that no yep. one knew. He raised, sled, he raised sled dogs, which was a whole other weird thing, but he's really? a self-taught webmaster and, <laughs> and raised huskies and understood marketing. And so he was doing product reviews as like a 16-year-old at the house. And But then he would come with us and he would sing the national anthem at the same time as brothers. We'd all put up the tents. You know, at, at 12, 13, 14, they're driving utility vehicles around, closing roads and work with the police. And so, yeah, with five boys and a little girl, I had like a mobile work party <laughs> and all, all their friends would come and, and people would know like that, that it's Chris's kids. You know, we had like yes. this whole group of people that we worked together, we played together. And, and the cool part, like we'd go up to Mammoth to put on a triathlon and then we would set everything up and then we'd go fly fishing. You, know, yeah. you go down to Santa Cruz and you'd set up the tents and you'd get everything ready with the buoys and we're going to have a paddleboard race the next day. Then we'd go out and we paddle out and go surfing in the afternoon. So it's just been one of those things that we've worked together and we played together. And yeah, I, I can't imagine, I don't even know if I've been to an event without somebody from my family helping me side by side. So it's, it's a pretty cool experience. Yeah. What are some of the big events that you guys put on? Like, is there one that kind of sticks out to you? I mean, you mentioned the the one up in Tahoe briefly in the Puaco one. So yeah. Yeah, so we the paddleboard races and all that, like those 
like the Santa Cruz Paddle Fest long term, mm-hmm. it's been over 30 years that that's been there. And they, they kayak out in the ocean at Steamer Lane. That's an awesome event. Um, we did the Jay Moriarty race, the Jay race for years. And that was okay. awesome down in Capitola. And so to be the announcer of the Jay race and the voice of that was mm-hmm. just incredible. So I, I have a big nonprofit background. So it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I did things that I knew I needed to do to make money. And I connected with Susan G. Komen Foundation. And I, we put on running events with 27,000 people. And so to have that background and do leukemia lymphoma, and I work with Stanford Hospital. And so we, we do events that, that honestly save lives. It raises millions of dollars. It does great. The people come out. And then I was able to kind of smooth that connection into things that I was really passionate about as far as the outdoors. So that's how the paddling events came to be. And so, yeah, it's just honestly, when you get a group of people together that, are, that it's cause based and whether the cause is, is cancer or the cause is getting outside to be healthy, it's mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a connection you have on a level that's just you instantly your family with those people. And right. it's it's honestly my, I love it because it's not always about and, and honestly, I don't. I don't share the event side of like the professional athletes because mm-hmm. that's really what it's not about them. Right. And we do some professional things, but the coolest part is when the professional athletes come and they show and it's almost like a, a, a meet and greet situation. They're there for the family cause to be together with like minded individuals. And so they're, they're not there to win the paycheck generally. Cause that's not the events that we put on, mm-hmm. you know, there's a time and place for that, but, the paddle community is one of those things that you you know from being around water. Yeah. We're all just a big happy family. So yeah. My favorite parts are when the fastest racers come off of the lake or the ocean or whatever, and they win their heat, you know, they're going to get their prize money or whatever, and then they turn around and paddle back out, and then they paddle in the slowest paddler. Mm-hmm. And it's like, as the announcer, you've got to be the cool guy, and you're like, okay, I'm wearing my sunglasses because i got tears <laughs> coming out of my face. Like, that's the, stuff, that's the stuff you remember. Yeah. You know, we did like the Battle of the Bay in San Francisco, and the waves are coming in under the golden gate and, and people are afraid for their life and not knowing if they're going to finish. And then, so you have some of these top athletes that are going out and escorting in the beginner athletes. And it's, that's awesome. It's that whole warm, that, yeah, that kumbaya warm. Awesome. Like it's just, it's incredible. So yeah, so many good memories over the years and it, it's hard to pinpoint them, but yeah, I would say there, there's always those magic moments pretty much at every event. And if you look for them and you're looking for the right things, they're always there. Yeah. And, and you're right there. They are always there at every single event. I mean, I'm a, I do competitive weightlifting and I've gone to nationals and competed in different, you know, states across the United States. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it doesn't matter how much you're lifting. It's, it's a matter of how you act and what your character is. Right. And it's so cool to see the person that's been there for their first time and how many people actually go and offer help and support for that one person here. You need a roll of tape. Right. Here's a roll of tape. Oh, you forgot your shoes here. Borrow my shoes. I mean, I think the first meet I did, I didn't, I didn't even have a belt or a pair of shoes and I borrowed someone else's, you know, and when I was competing awesome. for, for URI, basically what we do is we were, uh, we were all so poor that we we had one or two singlets and we'd share singlets some guy would come off the off the platform so, <laughs> and it was so na- it's so nasty thinking right, about it but, yeah, no, but you got to do it right but it was it was the fact that the strongest guy on the team and that the the guy that was just coming and just starting were wearing the same exact singlet was kind of almost a testament to what that team meant and what the event meant to everyone there. So, you know, doing those events and watching those people, a lot of these people and athletes are, are 
maybe, you know, they sit behind a computer all day and they're not going to be a pro, you know, paddler or whatnot, but they're going out there, they're giving it a shot and then having a group of people behind them to push them through those last bits of moment, you know, those last moments really is something special. And I feel like this kind of really set you up for what you're doing now with, you know, fish socks and, and all these other, you know, smaller companies that you're working with. Cause at the same time, you're really creating this movement behind the outdoor industry and, and fishing and getting people out there and you know whether they're being just introduced to fishing or they're professional fishermen that you know you're putting special socks on their feet so what was kind of this transition because i know you mentioned right that obviously the events event planning world kind of got a, a shock you know my aunt is it's, in the <laughs> literally yeah, like it, it ended it the government yeah. said you're not essential. <laughs> you're no longer essential we don't need to get together you don't need to try to raise money for nonprofit. No, it's, right. it's, I, I just wanted to follow up it it from an announcer perspective to sit on a, a podium or a stage and and like you said you show up you do a triathlon and all of a sudden a person comes up and they're super nervous and they don't have goggles and they mm -hmm. need to go swim a mile 1.2 miles out in the ocean and you can announce that and then 20 people bring their goggles up to mm -hmm. the stage it's it's like that's like life-changing experiences that unfortunately the participants don't get to see all that and then i get to see for the next 15 minutes like people walking up hey did i hear you needed a helmet or i need right. shoes like, no, we're good. We're good. It's just, we like, have it's 20 good. pairs of goggles. We're fine. <laughs> we're all, it's fine. And so that whole camaraderie of people, it's just, it's fascinating to see like people think all oh, the world is, you know, people are rough and tough and, and, and we're never going to get through all this stuff. It, the, the human spirit and coming together. I think we're, that's just, it's ingrained in all of us. It's that whole family thing. But yeah, you asked about the events, putting on events and owning events. And that was my livelihood coming into COVID. It was like, all of a sudden we're looking at a year with, potentially zero income. And so I had, I actually had some hats sublimated years ago because I'm really artsy. I've drawn mm -hmm. on surfboards and pocket pens and different things. And so I had taken some cool pictures of some fish and had them sublimated on the front of just a trucker's hat. Mm -hmm. And so that was like five, six years ago by this cool guy, got those graphics down in Santa Cruz and there's all kinds of artwork with a bunch of really cool brands and makes the stuff real neal and all that. So I just kind of had it on the back shelf. And then I've always been like the, the sock guy where I love, I, I just, even scant socks. I mean, I'll give them a prop if it goes out on the air. It's like they make really cool socks because I associated wearing like the Hawaiian stand socks and yeah. the Aloha feel. My family loves Hawaii. I've got a brother-in-law that lives there. My son just graduated from college there. And so we'd travel and surf and spearfish. And so I'm just thinking like, man, I'm like the sock guy and what can I print? And what can I sell? And how can I make money? And you can't ship hats to everyone because they're kind of individual. Mm -hmm. and. Everyone wanted like the dad hat movement came in and it's like reduced <laughs> crown and I'm a, I have a big fat head and I wear a trucker's hat. So I just kind of a light bulb went on one day. I'm like, I'm going to make socks. And so we, we started looking around and I was like in contract. I had these people that were going to print the socks for me. And then COVID with their business, they're like, we only print masks. Mm. And I'm like, how many strikes can a guy experience right. this year? And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I, I, I have an art background. I like to do stuff. So I'm like, I'm just going to get the stuff to print the sock. So I personally hand print every sock. I have a person that's helping me. One of my kids and another one of his friends is coming over. But I personally printed the first 5,000 socks. Wow. Holy a crap. On a heat press. And it's like, I'm doing this thing. And it's like some nights I have orders and, and you got to stay up all night to make socks. And I tease everyone. It's like the cobbler. And then a step below the cobbler is the guy that makes the socks. And I'm that guy. <laughs> And, and it's like, I've never been happier to know that I'm making something for somebody that 
when they're when they're digging their ditch or they're waiting tables or whatever a person has to do to get through their life, mm-hmm. if they can look down and see a connection to the water and fishing and outdoors and just know that that's there when they're done working, mm-hmm. that, that, there's nothing that makes me happier. I'm just stoked for that. So that that's kind of like the wish I was fishing. It's not like I don't believe people should fish all day. I tell people like I probably fish too much. It may be a problem. And and having an outdoor activity you love to do is awesome. Mm-hmm. But that's not the most important thing in life. Like we all need to live this balanced life. But having that dream and passion and, and having that go with you when you go to work or do something else or helping somebody else, that's that's why I just really it's it's like it's emotionally it's it's sentimental to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's having just the silly little socks on that remind you something that you love and and that's kind of uh, you met you touched on it. And I, I could talk probably too much and too long, but <laughs> if, if I can teach a kid or an adult to fish, mm-hmm. I mean, I love to fish. I may be more competitive than anyone when I allow myself to get to that point. If teaching somebody to fish for the first time and watching them catch their first fish, they're made. Not, it's like yeah. pushing somebody into their first wave, whatever that first experience is. When you could share that with someone, mm-hmm. it's like it's truly life changing. And you've given something of your passion, your knowledge, and all these things you've done. I've, I share, I, I've kind of gone through like being a pro snowboarder, a pro golfer, riding motorcycles, surfing waves. Whenever I would do all these other activities, if I went surfing, I always wanted to be on bigger waves than my wife wanted to be mm-hmm. on. If I went and rode motorcycles, I would ride it faster than most of my, my family or whatever. When I can fish, I can fish next to an 80-year-old man, uh, a three-year-old little girl, and we can all fish side by side. And that's kind yeah. of like this whole life's journey. Fishing has just become this thing that we can do competitively as a family, side by side, and and all levels of fishing. You can do – I can't find, honestly, a better sport that you can do together. And at the same time, when you can go and do something and then actually harvest and eat the food that mm-hmm. you've caught, it's like – so why why wasn't I fishing my whole life? You know, like it's like I I did fish, but like this could have been what I did. But then I look back and it's like, nah, like the the journey I've been on, I think has been the best journey for us to have, you know, to bring us to this position. So right, it's right, just, it's been, it's been pretty interesting, you know, to get to a place where, at, you know, coming up on 50, 48 years old, like I I start making socks. It's like <laughs> it's, it's pretty rad. You know? yeah. like I can look back and think yeah. of all the things we've done, and then I can pour all that into socks. And then now it's like. I'm making socks. We're doing socks for events and the sure. marketing and the understanding. Like it's just like It'll a big full circle, happy mess. mess. Yeah, for sure. So it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know, you, I kind of want to touch upon what you said earlier. Um, you know, in, in the way you described someone going to work, having to get through their day, whether it's good or bad, but then being able to look down and really appreciate the socks on their feet and what that means to them. And, <clears throat> you know, in a lot of ways, it, it I can kind of relate to that. And, and I think everyone can because everyone wants to have or, or I think should have a craft, right? Whether that craft is reading, writing, that one thing that you can come back to every single day, no matter what, like it's a non-negotiable and be able to improve upon it. So, you know, whether it's fishing, you know, whether you want to, you know, learn how to tie better knots or, or scout out for that next fishing spot, you know, online when you, when you can't get onto the boat or, you know, you know, for, for me, I got, you know, getting stronger and, or if you're a surfer, being able to paddle a bit more efficiently. So it's like having that craft and being able to pick away at it every single day or every week, uh, and, and having that 
representation through your socks is really, I think, is something important. And especially now, you know, during this whole wild time that we're living in is even more important. Right. And having that camaraderie that kind of connects people to, you know, just be a better person. And you're spot on with, you know, the what is better than fishing. And I think fishing represents a lot more than just, you know, casting a line in and reeling in a fish and eating. You know, it's that primal instinct that we all have. But at the same time, what it really means is it, it, you know, it teaches you patience, hard work, like just being able to sit out there and enjoy and be present in the moment, you know, regardless if you actually catch a fish, you know, I'm, I am by no means a very good fisherman, but I love going fishing just so I can be out on the boat and out on the water. So I think you're spot on with it, with what you're going. Um, and, and part of the reason why I started this podcast and kind of in the back of my head, of what I always said is like, I'm teaching people how to love the ocean. I'm teaching people how to love the outdoors. And that's kind of what this whole thing is based on. And it sounds like, you know, that it's in a very similar, you know, sense as to why you've created, you know, fish socks. So, you know, we could talk about the whole background and everything that comes to why you create fish socks, but then you also have like the how, you know, so what does this look like? Right. Because, the, you know, I go on your website and you actually take a a picture of someone's catch and you put it onto the sock. Like you're not just going online. What do you and, do? You yeah. know, you're, you're not just no, you're not just finding these pictures. Yeah, it's just not random pictures. And that's it's kind of like the whole thing is is helping people marketing and understanding business as I do and, and really finding joy in that. When a person mm-hmm. catches a fish, if they're known. You know, we have some people, I'm, I'm not a specialist and, and famous in the fishing world, but there are people that are known for catching specific species. And my idea was, is let's find the person that catches the most exotic fishes, the different places. There's, the, you know, like the peacock bass guy, like there's, there's the regular largemouth bass people. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's a fishing tour for all that, but specifically finding an individual that's targeted a species and have them catch their prize catch. It's yeah. super simple now with digital photography that the iPhone works just fine. You get a close up view of the side of that fish and I can take that photograph and turn it into your sock. So having your signature sock and, and we're moving more into that where we're doing custom socks. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just been the whirlwind of like, okay, I'm going to make a sock that I can sell to people that when they lie, they love bass fishing or they like to go catch carp. I mean, whatever mm-hmm. the fish are, I swore to my wife, honey, we're going to have three, we're going to just do bass. We're going to do spotted bass, largemouth bass, smallmouth bass. And now with 63 species, <laughs> I Jesus. Was like, sorry, you know, so then it's like, I grew up fly fishing and that's why I always tell yeah. people, it's like, I haven't been bass fishing my whole life. So we, of course you had to have a rainbow trout and a brook trout and a brown trout. And so it's this process of taking a photograph that's, that's high quality. We print it on sublimation paper. We heat press it in a heat press. It's 400 degrees. And so mm-hmm. there's there's little techniques, and I share them openly even online. I do little seminars. It's like I'm teaching people how to sublimate. And everyone's like, oh, don't don't tell people too much. And it's like, no, I if somebody wants to make socks, like, go make them. Right. Like, this, like it, it's a sweatshop job. Like, I'm not worried about somebody taking what I'm doing. I'm showing people why our socks, you print them on one side. You kind of roll the edges. So if you start looking at socks – I know more about socks than I ever wanted to know, but I don't want I don't want a white line down the sides with seams or on the right. front and back. So we take the extra care to really I mean we're hand making the socks. Yeah. And so of course the machine is pressing them with the heat. And I it was funny, a guy's like, Oh, you're calling it handmade. I'm like, Well, I'm the one putting I'm pushing down the lever and I'm right. rolling the socks. I'm doing these things. It's kinda handmade socks. So 
I'm not dorning a sock on like a loom and making the socks. Right. There are blank socks that come, but, and that's the whole other thing is we, we're working with suppliers to have sustainable socks and mm-hmm. looking at bamboo and chest, you know, testing the print. I'm, I'm a stickler in socks. Most people knew me for like the last 20 years as a guy that didn't wear shoes. Mm-hmm. I'd go, I, I'd wear flip flops, driving forklifts and putting on the events and moving pallets. And I'm running around barefoot when I chose to make socks they had to feel really good and so we picked a high quality i'm like i tell everyone i'm a sock snob they have like a, a arch support spandex strap wow. they fit well and so they're they're super comfortable great sock and so now they're not organic cotton and that's mm-hmm. one of those things of like okay what is this going to take is it cost prohibitive to do can we look at bamboo so we're constantly searching for ways to keep it sustainable we're, we're moving our entire production onto solar I tell everyone I work in a non-climate controlled factory. Like it's, it's freezing cold or it's 110 degrees. Uh-huh. It's pretty sustainable. I'm doing my part for the <laughs> environment. So, you know, we're, we're trying to keep it to where it's, it's environmentally smart. And at the same time, giving people a great product that we, we can be proud of, you know, it's, it's something sure. that they're beautiful socks as well. And that's this whole thing of like, man, these, these really look like the fish I caught. You can now message me, whatever, email me. And, and I do make custom socks. So if a person mm-hmm. goes out and, that's that whole thing. Like, I don't know how often you're going to get to go and try to catch the elusive bonefish, but if you do catch a bonefish and it's the one time you're going to go there and catch that fish, I'll make you some socks. And then that's yeah. that whole thing is now it's not just like reminding you of something that you wish you were doing. And that's why that wish I was fishing name. It's like, you're going to be able to remember like mm-hmm. maybe the best experience of your life. You know, it's like, uh, we, it's like having kids. Now I just brought in kids socks. And it's like this whole thing of like, you know, I'm a grandpa to have my grandson. and I go out and catch fish on a day and then make a sock or have socks that match my grandson. We're cruising and fishing. That's pretty cool. That's just, <laughs> yeah, it's a rad little fun thing of like, it, it gets all emotional and it's like, wait a minute, you're like getting sentimental and emotional talking about socks. And it's like, yes, but it's the experiences connected to, you know, the memories that you made. And so that's right. why it's like, it's not, it's never about the socks. It's never about any of that. It's about human beings being together and spending time doing something they love. And that's, that's really what it's all about for us. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, you being able to have, you know, it, by creating a sock that someone can actually represent the fish that they caught, I mean, that they're more likely to not only the, you know, go fishing again, but they're more likely to, you know, either tag and release, catch and release. So in a way, you know, you're, you're conserving the, you know, the species of fish that you're catching. So, you know, there's, exactly. so, there's so many different aspects that you're, you know, you, I didn't really realize that, you know, you're doing a lot of, you know, conservation work you know, by having a solar power, by using, you know, high quality socks and, ta- you know, using a more of a catch release method to memorializing someone's catch has, has that kind of been, you know, a, a really strong basis for why you're going at what you're doing, or is it kind of like the, the almost secondary and, or something that you didn't really realize that would happen eventually? Yeah, it's honestly secondary knowing I, I didn't know anything about release flags mm-hmm. and, when, when I connected, we've got sun dot flags, they have fish flags. Mm-hmm. When you go out in the ocean, it's like since the pirate time, you know, you got scurvy on, on your boat, you run a certain flag <laughs> up in the air and then don't come on my boat. And then all of a sudden people are like, hey, you know, what's what's Larry over there catching on his boat? And Oh, he, looks, right. he, he has a tuna flag flying and he's sharing that. And so a lot of it's just the education I've learned. It's so fun. Like now I'm making socks for other businesses. And right. At the same time, I'm learning more about the ocean. There's a girl that we work with. Um, she's on the East coast and all of a sudden she sends me these pictures of green crabs. I'm like, what are green crabs? Uh, well, they came yeah. over, 
in the 1800s and, and like in the holes of the boats. And then all of a sudden there are this invasive species that the green crab organization is harvesting them, trying to food, food, food service. And so I make a green crab face mask. Really? And I make the face buff. So it's like, I didn't know about green crabs and how bad it was. And I didn't know much about the fish flags. And it's like from having a sock business, knowing the catch and release thing is huge in kayak fishing. You actually take a picture of your fish. So it's catch photo release. Hmm. And so you don't even have the fish in a live well. You go out in live time, you, you take the fish, you, you catch it, you put it on a measuring board for your bass, and then you immediately let that fish go right back to its habitat. So that's that whole thing of like, there's all these things that we're all practicing. And at the same time, like you're saying, you don't need to keep the fish. You take a picture of it and Chris will make you a pair of socks. You can remember <laughs> right. it forever. So it's just, it's that whole byproduct of all the knowledge and all the fun. I just, I never want to stop learning. And that's kind of my quest in all this is like having the socks and a sock business that I can then promote friends businesses and, and get to know other brands. And, you know, we'll, we, we put a lot of interesting things. We, we put, made a pair of socks that look like coffee bags. Have you and really? It's the non-talk oh. lighthouse. Yeah. So it's like, we have this, this lighthouse company, they, they make this cool coffee and it's beaches and beans. And so oh, yeah, I've they're all about, yeah, they're rad. So that we have like ocean conservation going on with selling coffee. Money goes back to protect the ocean and we're making them socks to promote their brand. So being able to align ourselves in our business with all these like-minded people, it's that same group of individuals that are on the shoreline paddling at a paddle event. Right Now we're all trying to you know, buy milk and groceries and do a business that we can be proud of that we like to do and, and just get through this thing called life. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty magical experience really when you get down to it. Yeah, being able so I actually know the the girl that you're talking about. She's up in New Hampshire. I think she's in maybe like the southern New Hampshire or something like that. And um, you yes. know, knowing beaches and beans too and and obviously green crabs. I use green crabs all the time when I'm going to Toggin. So I am very familiar with this <laughs> with the, I love it. with green crabs. Um <laughs> I don't know if I'd, I I've never tried to eat one, so I don't know, but it's interesting here in Rhode Island they're doing a big push to, you know, harvest and, you know, try and market these underserved, underutilized species like green crabs, you know, they're they're invasive. Right. They come in like you said under on the bellies of ships and then eventually they came here and they just completely decimate a lot of the population of nat of uh, endemic species. So, they're doing a big push to try and, you know, get these species basically edible, you know, in a way that someone, you know, wants to actually go out and buy it and eat it. Um, but you know, that's kind of a little off tangent. I mean, what I was, what I want to know is what's kind of your take on working with these people and these brands, right. And, and the importance of that, because, you know, this whole podcast and what I've been trying to do is, you know, this connection, right? So it's very right. cool to see yourself out there already connecting with a lot of the people that I've connected with. So it's almost, as if this community keeps on growing, but at the same time, it gets smaller and smaller because we all kind of come together. So what do you think the importance is with that and, and being able to connect with, you know, a community and not only that, but build your own community, right? So working yeah, with guys yeah. like Beaches of Beans. Yeah, it's interesting because it is like my whole thing in life has always been like this village mentality. And I, I really, I value the lifestyle set in living in an island setting. Yeah. And the reason is if you're stuck on an island, you, you can't be alone. You can't honestly survive. And it's just that whole interdependence. It's really driven me. And it, mm -hmm. it's 
it appeals to me. I, I tease, I live in a gated community. Okay. <laughs> so you got to put this in perspective and, and living in a gated community, we have one of the most phenomenal bass fishing lakes in like Western United States. It's this little private lake that we get to fish. We have a public, you know, it's our private, but it's the public pool of mm-hmm. the facility. There's a golf course here. And we all have to like argue and fight and figure out the funding and and make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that have chosen and they're just outwardly sharing like I don't I can't live in there and I can't follow those rules and it's not good enough for me. And it's always just resonated growing up and now I'm old. I grew up in here and moved away for a long time and having property and all these different things is it's awesome. But I see a huge value in people that are willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. some of their desires to live together and be connected to people. And I attribute that back to like the Hawaiian islands and that whole aloha lifestyle. And, you know, you're working together and you're harvesting taro or whatever you're doing. It really takes people working with each other rather than setting themselves up above or away from each other. And so having a sock business, it's like just that whole weird random thing that it's cool because I can I can go to a guy that owns a barbecue company and I'm working with the guy right now that they they work with some smokers and we're going to put like wood pellets on the socks. (laughs) That's awesome help him grow his brand. And yeah. It's like, you know, like all these random weird things of, of helping somebody else's business potentially make some more money for their family. Cause really that's what it's about. They're just, they have a job so you can make money so you can, I always tease. It's just, it's just to go to, for us, it's, you know, you go out to Trader Joe's or wherever you're going to go buy your groceries. Right. It's to get, to get through life. It's those necessities. And if you can work with people that you enjoy and, and like you said, the beaches and beans or whatever, the, the salty angler, all these different things that when you're you're working with folks that are like-minded mm-hmm. that resonates with me a lot it's like let's just all empower each other you hit on it a lot when, when you're a weightlifter it's really cool because like having that background of understanding sports and nutrition every day it's self-improvement mm-hmm. and you're not going to go tomorrow it's like oh my my whether you're lifting your power lifter or if you're doing crossfit you're never going to be what you want to be tomorrow because that thing that you wanted to be elevates every day mm-hmm. and it's kind of like that. you know whether it's organized religion and i'm a religious guy and believe in god and all these different things our quest to be perfect is not going to happen here right but it's that quest the quest is what's so fulfilling and so much fun and if you can find other people on that quest to just have a good life and experience good things i'm doing it through socks and it's yeah. just so weird you know, I never, I never, if I, I, I sit back and it's like, oh, I was a punk kid, wanted to be a pro snowboarder, kind of became a golf pro doing events. And now I'm, I'm printing socks. Now we're making socks. And it's like, it's, <laughs> it's so, it's so awesome. It's, and it's funny because I say making socks and everyone's like, you make socks. <laughs> so at some point, at some point I am going to make a sock. I'm going to sit down and knit a darn sock and show, just tease people. But yeah, making socks and connecting with other people. It's, it's so much fun. I just laugh every day because I do. I actually have drawn. I drew a little tiki guy playing disc golf mm-hmm. and, and people loved it. So I get to now draw and I, my artistic background, I get to print it on socks and people are wearing my socks all over the place. So <laughs> and, that, and that's the most rewarding. It's funny in fishing because it's always like match the hatch when you're fly fishing. Right. And so you go out and if the bugs are hatching and you're whether you're dry flying or nymph fishing, whatever. You're trying to represent exactly what the fish, that whole term, everyone knows match the hatch. Mm-hmm. When I, I was like, okay, this is cool. We're going to call it match your catch. And so uh, that's kind of a right. catchphrase. That's cool. So then I have all these people that catch a bass and they hold their bass sock 
you know, they hold their bass right next to their sock and take a picture. Mm -hmm. They go on the river, they catch a trout. They're holding their trout. Like everyone's messaging me funny. It's like the fail pictures. They're trying to hold their fish next to their sock and the fish is flopping all over. And so, but just to have something that connects them. And then it's so fun because they're so eager to share. That's like my favorite part of social media is you wake up, you go about your day and you click on Instagram and, and people are just so happy to help promote my family's brand by sharing Mm -hmm. the socks. We sold them. That, that just means the world to us. It's like they're taking their time. They spent their own money. They bought our product and then they're turning around and promoting us. It's like, I don't even know how to say thank you. So be much. Better, yeah. like, that's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible that like, yeah. And I want to tell them all, like, I love this. Like it, it actually makes me giggle and laugh like a little kid and I'm showing my wife and we're talking and, and it's just a whole fun family thing. So yeah, that the community and working with other brands and like-minded people, it's, it's pretty special, mm-hmm. you know? And it, be connecting socks or anything else like it's just it's so much fun to get to know individuals because really at the end we're all just people you know, right just, we're all working yeah connecting people with people and it's so you know you you i think you hit the nail on the head when it came to the village mentality you know having lived on the big island of hawaii and worked on the big island of hawaii as a captain um it was probably the best experience i could have ever had you know it's just the, the people over there, there is something special about the Hawaiian culture and what it means to, you know, work on the water over there, I think in particular, because, you know, the, the, the ocean is such a special place to the Hawaiians, right? So being able to be a guest of the island and, and learn and teach other people that are coming to the island about the stories that I learned um, was something special. And it kind of put it, to give you a little story, to kind of put it in perspective as to, what I think the village mentality is on uh, the the Big Island of Hawaii. So I moved to Kona and within about a week, I had a job, which very blessed to have. This is prior to COVID. And um, so I go there and the first thing I do is I go down to the Marine store because knowing here in New England, where does everyone have to go to eventually is the Marine supply shop, right? It's no brainer. So I go in there with a six pack of the local local beer and I put it on the desk, go, put it on the front desk and go, so who needs some help around here? And they go, <laughs> and they go, uh, well, what do you want to do? And I go, I don't care. Just give me a job. And, yeah, nice. uh, and that's literally what happened. And I got, a, got my first job and I actually, you know, still talk to the guy today, even though now I'm living back on the East coast. So, you know, but it's, it's that mentality of, you know, the guys at the Marine store are looking out for all the charter boats there and all the charter boats are looking out for all the Marine store. And, and it's just like this continuous cycle of, you know, people wanting to help other people and give back to the community to then create a, a better place to live. Right. So I think you nailed it. And, and, and it's just, it's something that I don't think anyone can really experience here um, in the mainland. I mean, not to the degree of being on Hawaii and, and you having visited and been to Hawaii multiple times. I mean, I'm sure you can kind of speak to that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I had a son that actually served a mission for two years in Africa and mm-hmm. it was honestly a, the same situation where he went to places and, and he was over in Malawi and to see starving children, he said, he'll never be the same. Mm-hmm. And to, to live amongst that and, and to honestly help people carry water, like the concept of that, like I, I maybe learned more from his two years of living there than I've learned about a lot of things. And, and it, it, again, those things resonate with me that when you, when you live in the United States and we flush potable water down our toilets, mm-hmm. you know, in my plumbing background, I was a plumbing contractor for a long time. And, 
And then to think that other people have to walk a couple miles to get water that's maybe not potable. Mm -hmm. And that's their life course. It's that same thing on the islands. Like, how do you catch enough water to survive? You know, like there's a water catchment thing and trying to figure out like, wow, where does our trash go? And all those stories of people, like people ask me all the time, oh, have you ever been on a cruise ship? And I'm like, ah, not, I haven't been, but I, I think that I've done some research of what cruise ships do. I don't know. It's just, I always question people of like, is it, is it really good to fly? Is it good to do these different things? And, right. and I don't want to get people all nervous about living because we all need to live. But at the same time, there's consequences to all of our actions. For sure. And that's what... It's just cool when you see people that have lived for you know thousands of years on a small island and have honestly survived and thrived together mm-hmm. in that community setting. It's like I, it's just endearing to my heart. Like it's like it's really cool to think that that's that's something that you know when you're in a religious setting and thinking of like a higher order of people living together and and giving to the poor and having no poor amongst people. Mm-hmm. That, that's something that's like it's it's maybe unobtainable for us here on this earth, but. When you live on an island, you think of an island. That's kind of like that island mentality and village mentality that we're, we're taking care of each other. So yeah, I don't know stuff like that. It just really speaks to my soul, and I don't know what that means about me or whatever. But but having something that is a business that it's really fun when businesses are looking out for me and they're mm-hmm. super excited to order more socks because that's how I make money now. You know, I need to <laughs> I need to make socks. You gotta get food I'm somehow, doing, right? <laughs> Like I'm making socks. That's what I do. And so they're excited to order. I can't wait to make them a product that's good. So they they can sell the socks to make more money or share their brand. And so for all of us to be connected in this way, it, it, it just feeds that whole village mentality, that thought. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Now, have you had there, has there been an experience along the way of, you know, making socks and connecting with people that kind of sticks out to you? Like, or, or maybe not an experience with someone, but a something that you learned that you didn't otherwise know prior to making socks? It's a good question. I, you know, it's, it's been miserable. <laughs> so like being in production, when you producing as a, as a manufacturer and your, your printer, you need to print on sublimation paper and having your printer fail. Mm-hmm. And then knowing you have an order and it's just like, like everything, you finally get something figured out and then the next thing breaks and then the next thing breaks. It's like, I, I tell you, it's as much patience learning as anything. And it's, it's really those things that you like, you think it's the end of the world of the thing that's happened because now it stops production for a while there with COVID. I didn't know if I was going to get socks. Mm. And so that's that whole thing of like, oh, wow, these are imported. And all of a sudden I was down at one point I was, you know, I was like, I ordered 2000 socks and I was down to like my last 12 pair of large socks I was printing. Right. And so then I'm like, okay, I don't want anyone to buy socks. <laughs> so, yeah. But I still need to be selling socks, but I have no socks to make. And so again, it goes back into those lessons of, well, I need to be more prepared. I need to have, you know, like I'm, I'm all about self-sufficient and having storage and having, you know, like if you have a year supply of food is something that our church talks about. So I need to probably have like a year supply of socks. And that right. goes back into, it's not so much that I have my year supply of socks. It's so that I can continue making the money to support my family. Mm-hmm. So again, always back to that village mentality. If everyone's got supplies, but there's always going to be somebody that doesn't, you can lend some to your buddy. You know, you can take care of people. So it gives you that peace of mind of when that awful thing comes up and the printer breaks, it's not going to be the end of the world. There's always that fallback because you're better prepared. I was a scout master for 20 years and, Mm -hmm. you know, four out of my five boys are Eagle Scouts. My youngest son with COVID, we don't know what to do with that right now because we're not really (laughs) scouting. 
but it's it's that whole be prepared mentality and and again it's back to those life lessons you learn they all parlay back into the business you're doing and, and you know the experiences of people you ask the things that have touched touched me the most it it truly is just the personalities that you come in contact with and people yeah. that are passionate there there are a couple people that that stand out and I, I won't even mention their names but they share our business posts on their own pages like every day mm -hmm. and that's the it's the strangest thing when there's a stranger that I've never met I met him through social media and they're so invested in making sure that my family's business is successful again it's like that that is a brother or a sister that I did not know I had mm -hmm. and now I have like a, a I'm indebted to them forever because they're 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 taking their time and their talents and they're they're helping my family make money it's like that that's pretty darn incredible yeah and that's kind of the whole daily thing of like they're that some people ask like hey you know all these things like I don't want a discount code, but how can I make sure like I'm a sponsored angler? So they want to buy the products that I represent mm -hmm. and support. And, and my wife, we work with this organic bedding company, the perfect example. And she shares organic bedding to fishermen. So, mm -hmm. you know, my wife, wish I was fishing. She's got, you know, like her almost 50,000 followers. And a lot of them are gruff anglers that are tough dudes. And some mm -hmm. guy messaged me. She's like, hey, how do I let this company know? Because I'm going to buy an organic pillow. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> I want them to know you influence me to help you. And and like it was had this like this great experience of like this yeah. this grown dirty fisherman guy right. gonna go buy his first organic pillow. And he, he wanted to make sure that Kelly got the credit she deserved. And it's like right. that's pretty cool stuff. You know, it's just yeah. like through this this weird thing of the internet and social media that never existed a while ago. And and there are obviously problems with all of it, but to, to look for the good in things, mm -hmm. if you're looking for the right stuff, you're going to find the right stuff. You know, that's, that's kind of that perspective of what you're searching for. You look for problems, you find problems, you look for good, you find good. Mm -hmm. uh, just, I, I just try it. My wife is way better at it. Like, I feel like I sound like the positive guy, but she's the most positive human ever. Mm -hmm. And like I, sometimes, you know, you get frustrated with the life things and, and trying to put that perspective, having a best friend and a partner now for been married over 30 years, that's, that's been the saving grace of me and, and my business is can you imagine marrying a guy that becomes a plumber that becomes a golf pro that <laughs> puts on, he puts up tents for a living. And now he's like, Hey honey, I'm going to make socks. Man, this, like, guy is crazy. <laughs> this guy is crazy. Nut job. And you know, she's right there the whole time and, and smiling and laughing and making sure the family's taken care of. So it's like having, having a, a partner has 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 really made the difference for us, and that's why the, you know the whole family and interdependence of having a friend side by side. I, I think that's the key in success of life is, is figuring out working together with somebody else. And yeah, so important. And would you say that your family has been kind of that driving force behind what Fish Socks has came to be? I mean, I can kind of see. I feel like I see your family. Um, you know being you know that they are kind of free labor right at, at some point yeah well, uh, they, they, <laughs> they're all they all have their hands involved in it you know like growing up i, I was like dad we should get a snowblower come on it, it there's like three feet of snow on the ground big storm coming next week he's like why i got two snowblowers right here it, it's perfect it's free all you do is feed them <laughs> right i just feed them and you know it's it's been that it's weird in our family because as a dad you want to make sure that the kids kind of have that investment in the family, but at the same time in today's society, their friends are out working. So you want to, you want to have them make money. Right. And so it's, 
it's been this weird thing where most of my boys, like they'll, they want to save money for a church mission. You know, mm -hmm. the example, like they'll work for me at the events and well, they make X amount of dollars. And then all of them, when they've come to that time, they're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to pay for my own way. I'm going to do my own thing. So you know, I have a son right now that started his own tree cutting service. So he's a licensed tree guy. And he, I think from having the events and the, just the, the strength of working and, and driving the streets of San Francisco at 16, pulling trailers right away. Like he's just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to buy a, I'm going to buy a $50,000 wood chipper and I'm going to start my own business. Yeah. And so to see the, see the, the empowerment that my children have from accomplishing things and working hard as a family, it's, I think it's kind of set them up for a lifelong success. You know, they're going to, they're going to be able to accomplish whatever. Cause like, Oh yeah, whatever you want to be, you can, you, you know, dad wanted to snowboard, dad wanted to golf, like all these things. Like, he's and I'm like, no, it's not always like that, but I guess it's like that. You know, if you really right. want to do it and you have some backing with some friends and family and you're going to ha have hard work, like let's, let's have a go at it. So, you know, having the family there and always working, I still, I, I need, I switched from wish I was fishing to fish socks. Mm -hmm. Who do I call? I call my oldest son. He's the webmaster. So right. he's going to set up the default page to forward the past, you know, the website to the proper URL. And, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's amazing to have that network within your own family. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of mind boggling. And that's, that's just, I just, I call it being blessed. You know, I'm very fortunate. And I recognize those blessings of knowing that we're all working together for the, just the common good. Just, just get by. I mean, really, that's what it's about. Yeah. And to be able to do that as a family, it's, it's pretty darn special. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, you know, it's been a pleasure being able to chat with you for the, you know, past coming up on an hour. So I really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, I guess, you know, last but not least, where can kind of people get to know you, learn all about fish socks and everything else that you have going on? Yeah, I tell you, they can, the, the, the best place to follow us, if you want to see our, our daily, you look at our post from yesterday, my wife is out fishing on the back of her kayak and my daughter who's 10 is pedaling her they're, they're fishing side by side. My son that graduated from Hawaii, he's here with his girlfriend. She went out and caught her first trout. That's all on Instagram. And so Mr. Wish I Was Fishing. And this is why the name change <laughs> happened because there's a Z in the middle because I'm kind of a hillbilly at heart. So Mr. Wish I Was Fishing. And there's no G on the end as well. So Wish I Was Fishing. I'm Mr. My wife is Miss Wish I Was Fishing. That's Kelly. That's on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. But we don't, we, we post on Instagram, honestly, and aren't on Facebook, but the fish sock company. So it's fish socksusa.com. We have tboxsocks.com. You're going to find us. So on Instagram is also fish socks USA. That's on Instagram. And, mm -hmm. and just don't be shy. Message us. You, you see something, you catch a fish, you're out surfing. And we're working with Hillbilly Waterman. They want to do match your spot, like match your catch with the waves you're catching. And so the sock thing is just the beginning. And connect with our family. We, we'd love to hear your ideas of fun stuff and, and see what you're out doing. And who knows what kind of socks we're going to make next. And that's, that's the fun thing is where this is all going. It just sky's the limit. Absolutely. Well, with a talented family like that and what you guys got going on and what you guys have already done, I, I can always see that you guys are going to be, you know, pushing hard and coming up with the next great idea. So thanks again for being on the show. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure being able to chat. All right. Pleasure, pleasure meeting you. And I look forward to it someday. We'll get on the water together. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Along the Keel. It was great being able to talk with Chris today all about the twists and turns in his life and how it led him to create Fish Socks USA. 
what I really took away from this podcast was his ability to adapt and overcome. You know, he went from being a plumber, a pro surfer, pro golfer, pro fisherman, and, uh, you know, some of those things he actually still does. But when COVID came around, he was largely an event owner and planner. And, you know, Fish Sox USA kind of became that thing that was able to fill the gap and, and create now his livelihood. But, you know, taking a deeper look as to what Chris has done in his life, it seems to me that he's always been that person that has kind of persevered and pushed through obstacles, right? And he seems to have passed it on to his kids and to learn and listen to what they're doing. It's, uh, it's inspiring, right? So I hope you guys took away something good from this episode of the podcast. And uh, as always, if you want to help me out, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. They mean a ton. They help me out. If you want to just tap that five stars, that's cool. If you want to leave something nice, that's even better. But make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and check us out on our website. You can also sign up for the newsletter on alongthekeel.com. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. But before I go, make sure to work hard, do good, be incredible, and have a fantastic day.